0: Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. Who here has just a Saturday night free? No, we we make it a priority to come together and worship you. We make it a priority, God, to come and hear your word. Father, when we just say thank you for entrusting yourself, the word of God, with us here tonight. And I pray that the word comes quickly, sound, Jesus, clear to every ear and every heart in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. God's favor. This is what the whole series is about, God's favor. Now before you get up and walk out thinking this might be a health, wealth, and well-being message, I'm going to tell you it's not. But this is biblical. God's favor is biblical, and we're coming together here to go over four weeks of why God's favor is so important to the believer, and why each one of us ought to be seeking after the fullness of God's favor. So the first week today, we're going to be talking about drawing on God's favor. The week after that, we're going to be talking about favor with finances. That's a a thing. Uh, On Father's Day, we're going to be talking about legacy and how we need to have favor within our legacy. And uh, the last is blessed to be a blessing. So we know that uh, favor is something that we really should not take for granted. Some of us here have never experienced God's favor before. Some of you have been Christians for a long time, but maybe this part of it has escaped you, or at least you feel that way. I don't know about you, but sometimes I I feel like there are certain areas of my life that I, it's like, God, I want that favor. I want favor here. Why don't you move in this area of my life? Would you just, I would love your dump truck of favor right here. (laughs) Like, just back it up right here and let me swim around in it. Um... And I'm not even talking finances or money, but I'm talking about Him being involved in my life. So, as Christians, we all want God's blessing. We want God's favor. And I think that we want want His blessing in every part of our lives. Right? But we, and this is good, we have to remember that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Amen. And do you know that because you're, if you, if you are sitting here in this seat and you have given your life to Jesus Christ and you are part of the kingdom of God, do you know that you have His blessing? Do you know that He wants to pour out His blessing and you have access to His blessing? What's funny is is that Christians oftentimes, you know, they they there's people that give their lives to Jesus and, and they just think that God is just gonna radically you know, change everything about their their situation, their finances. Obviously, you know, it's kinda like, God, you're supposed to be got my back here. I'm supposed to have, you know, more resources to do things. I, I gotta, you know, I have to have more peace in this part of my life and some people have ambition. Some people have dreams for themselves. As Christians, I think that's good. When we come to God with our dreams and our, our uh, you know, the imagination is amazing. We can have all these great things thought of like the goals that we want to accomplish in our lives. You know, some of those goals are actually from God. Some of those goals are. Some of them are not. And some people come to Jesus expecting God to sprinkle his little miracle grow on those dreams. And God's like, mm, yeah, that would kill you. I can remember a time when I wanted that, that Corvette. I don't know if I've told this story. Uh, stop me if, if I have. Um, like anybody would. <laughs> But I wanted a car. I wanted a, I wanted a Corvette, right? And, you know, I was like, God, well, you know, I'm your son, and I, I could believe for this, and I could have this Corvette. And you know what God was like? He was smart. He said, bro, that is going to kill you, right? So he got me a little 300ZX. You know, it was just enough horsepower to, you know, get myself in a lot of trouble and realize how close I came to knowing Jesus. Quick. But you see, that, that's God's favor. Sometimes it doesn't look exactly the way that you want it to look. But we need to desire God's favor for our lives. See, people in the church, they oftentimes confuse grace with favor, God's grace with favor and they think that well just because i'm a believer then i should have all of the favor in the world let me explain something to you we we know this that grace it was god's grace that allowed us to become we allowed us to come to god in the first place it allowed the, that door of relationship to open up that is god's grace that is god's love for you right That was free to receive, but it cost God everything. It cost Him His Son. And remember that. It was even when we were still sinners, Jesus went to the cross for us. And because of His love, because of His grace, His grace is free to receive. But you know what? If you don't receive it, it is absolutely pointless for you. It means nothing. You must receive His grace to be in relationship with Him. Now, favor, completely different. You see, favor is different than grace. Grace is getting something that we don't deserve. Right? His blessing. His relationship. We don't deserve that. Mercy is not getting something we do deserve, right? Eternal damnation, eternal separation from a perfect and amazing God. A perfect and amazing God. How how could we be in relationship with a perfect and amazing God? It was only by His act of love and His act of grace that we can be in that relationship. So that's mercy. Because... We deserve worse. Now, favor is beyond the expected. Favor is relational. Understand that favor is relational. When we received the grace of God, we came into relationship with God. But when you abide in Jesus Christ, when you, when you give your life to Jesus Christ and submit to him and all of the things that he puts in the word of God for, him, for us to, to listen and obey and to live our lives this way, guys, that's fellowship. That's fellowship. Do you know that you could be in a relationship with God and yet not have Fellowship. If you guys are going through uh, OSL, if you have not signed up for that, sign up for it next year because you're going to understand this stuff. You could be in relationship with God, but you can lose your fellowship with Him when we don't walk in accordance to His Word. Right? Those grace abusers. And let me tell you something. Every one of us in this room needs to look at ourselves before we point the finger at anybody else that is not our place we deal with the stuff within our hearts right we are all we have all fallen short from the glory of god see grace brings us into relationship with god but what does relationship look like that was the question that i had to ask myself what does relationship look like Number one, Hebrews 4.10, it's living and active. A relationship with God is living and active. So if you do not have a living and active relationship with God, I think it's time to go back to God. It's time to go back to the Word of God and start getting into the Word of God because the Word of God in Hebrews 4.10, it says it's living and active. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that it's shaping us into a new creation. This is shaping us into a new creation. In Luke 3.16, I love all the 3.16s out there. I haven't found a 3.16 I haven't liked yet. But we are being baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. There's a refining going on. Our lives are to be exciting. Our relationship with God is to be exciting. It's it's shaping us and, and changing us. I think the one thing that sometimes gets us is apathy or laziness or tiredness or all these things honestly guys I am right here with you I am not I'm not a super Christian I may be a pastor but that's just a four square piece of paper you know, i I got to be honest with you. I do believe that some... I, I could be lazy. You know, there's, a, there's a, a bunch of awesome Netflix series that I'm like, oh man, I so want to watch that thing. It's so cool. And yet God is like saying, hey, I need you to spend some time with me. So, you know, why don't you put down the remote for a minute? You see... A relationship means that there's a two-way communication going. There, ta- there needs to be a point in our lives where we lay down the distractions. We lay down the things that prevent us from having this two-way exchange. Do you know if you don't submit yourself to the baptism, you're not going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire? It's there for you, but you must actually go into it. Same thing with His grace. Now, 1 Corinthians 11.32 says that he disciplines us. You know, he disciplines us because he loves us, because he cares about you and I. He cares about our character. He cares about what we're going to be like in five years, in ten years. Do you know that you are currently right now running a race, and he wants that race to be run with excellence? And not as many hiccups along the way. We're all going to have hiccups, right? But that's where the grace of God comes in. But we're searching after the favor of God. You know what? I feel like sometimes uh, David, King David, to me was like one of the greatest dudes in the whole Bible, yet he had a ton of problems. But you realize that in his problems, he was doing one thing. He was seeking after the favor of God. I would like for every life group in this, in this church, and if you're not a part of a life group, get signed up in a life group. If you're new here and you're like, well, I'm just visiting, well, you get connected to a life group and actually continue this, this relationship. Get involved in the people's lives. And when you're a part of people's lives, what happens is that there's a, there's a shaping of the individual, the character of the person that you are connecting with. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us as a community, He disciples us. He disciplines us because he cares about what we're going to become. Titus 3, 4 through 7. Write this one down. Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that being justified by His grace, do you understand what that means? It has nothing to do with your works. This whole thing about favor has nothing to do about your works, it has everything to do about fellowship. It says that, so that being justified by his grace, that we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You're walking this out. This sounds like a living and active relationship with God. And that's the kind of relationship I I, I desire, I need it in my life. See, it's the good news of Jesus Christ being lived out with with us, in us, through others every single day. There's an aspect of works that we cannot deny because God said this, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And we're not just talking about 10 and we're not just talking about 635 commandments found in Deuteronomy, we're talking about His Spirit. Do you know that the Spirit is going to lead you through life, telling you how to engage this and that and this situation, that situation, this person and that person, and how, how God is going to use you to be His conduit of love in the communities. And for yourself to grow into joy and happiness. You know, I I would, you know, I'm going to throw on this real quick sidebar here and say that God does desire you to be happy. I don't think that He wanted any one of us believers to walk around life with their heads hanging low and saying, oh, God, following you is just awful, you know? You know, they, I don't think that, that, that does not, God does not want that. But you know what? Joy looks different when we're in obedience and abiding in Him. Right? Joy. Look, the world has a set of standards for joy and God has a completely different set of standards that completely blows everything out of the water that we once knew to be happiness. Okay. When we're walking according to what Jesus says, we are in fellowship with him and where there is fellowship, there is favor. You see, favor goes beyond the expected. Mm. I think we talked about a little bit about how we rationalize grace. You know, we actually... We rationalize God's grace and God's blessing to be the same thing. I want us to understand something. Grace provides relationship. Obedience provides fellowship, and favor comes from fellowship with God. I know I said this before, at least three times, so far, but I'm hoping that you understand this, that you get this: obedience. Let me uh, help you explain, let me me explain something, a story, I'm going to tell you a story about the difference between grace and favor. There's two employees and you're the boss. Put yourself in that position. Don't terrorize them. You know, they're your employees. I know that we all had those bosses that just, you know, they, they seem to be the meanest people in the world. They've got their thing that they've got to run, and, and you're, you're doing the work. Look, it, you, are an, you are a boss that looks to give bonuses. You look to give favor to your employees. And you got two employees. They were both hired at the same rate. Okay? They both were hired for the same exact job. One employee at the end of the day has done exactly what he was asked to do, but his heart was hardly in it. He got it done, but his heart was hardly in it. There was an accomplishment, but you could tell he doesn't really care. You have another employee. That employee does the exact same amount of work and he does a great job. Okay, not only did he do the work, but this is the difference. That employee actually sought you out to find out exactly how do you want this done? What about this job would make you just, I want to do my very best. I want to blow your socks off. Have you ever worked with somebody like that? You're like, man, you're annoying. You know, it's just like, you are just like Mr. or Miss, you know, inspiration to everybody. And and you just love your job. And everything that you do, you go a mile beyond what was expected. When we are in relationship with that boss, what do you think is going to happen if that boss has, if you have a bonus and you need to you want to give a bonus to someone who are you going to choose to give it to the one who just did their job and did a good job but was not into it or the one that went above and beyond and surprised you because there was relationship there okay god is not a god of favoritism but he likes to favor do you understand what i'm saying he can pour out his favor and you still not be his favorite because he has no favorites he loves all of us individually exactly the same however he is looking for opportunities to pour out his favor because he is a god who is a generous god and we are the ones that need to embrace that we're the ones that say god hey how do you want me to do this oh you want me to love my wife this way god guess what i'm going to do even greater hey god You asked me to go out and serve these people on the streets on Saturday night. Well, you know what, God? I'm going to do something even bigger. God, how do you want me to actually come and serve on a Sunday? Or how how about this? Forget about church altogether. How do do I go into my, my community of family and friends? And how do I show Jesus to each and every one of them? How do I, in fact, myself get on my hands and knees and pray and pray and pray and actually communicate with you and have a relationship with you? That's the most important thing. Because when you're doing, you could be doing for all the right reasons, but God is saying, hey, what about me? What about me? I'm here and I want to pour out my blessing on you, but you're so busy. You're so busy being ambitious. Hey, I appreciate the ambition. So it's not works related. It's relationship related. That doesn't mean that we stop doing the the good things and desiring to know God and go above and beyond. But it's relationship that grounds us to his favor. How do we draw on favor? On his favor, how do we do this? I want to show you through Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, exactly how we come into great relationship with him. It's up on the screens. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things can be, came to be, that is, declares the Lord. So all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one whom I will look. To whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Do you hear how simple it is? You see, God made everything. He made the the universe. He made the earth. He made all these. I don't know if you've put on planet... You know, put a, turn on the TV to Discovery or National Geographic and watch, you know, Planet, that series by BBC. It's like unbelievable. And you think about all the things that God made for his enjoyment and our enjoyment. He, he, care, he actually thought that was all cool stuff. He said it was good. You know? <sighs> he chose, of all these things, to show himself to reside with a humble and contrite spirit and one who trembles at his word. We need to unpack this little little bit. You see, it's okay. Let me just pause for a second and say, it's okay to desire his favor. In fact, you should desire his favor. Proverbs 8.35 says this, for the one who finds me finds, eternal, finds life and obtains, obtains favor from the Lord. That was speaking about wisdom. Wisdom is speaking. And this is what wisdom says. Do you know who wisdom is? It's Jesus. And so he says, when you find me, you find my favor. And in the New Testament, write down Galatians 1.10, because Paul is seeking after God's favor. He makes the point, he says, I'm not in this race to please man, I'm in this race to please God and God alone, right? Let's look at hum- humility, being humble. God lifts up the humble. Humble. You see, he favors. He favors a person that knows where he stands with God. Okay, first Peter five, six says this humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Humility is not a skill. <laughs> Humility is not something learned. Humility is something done. It is a condition of the heart. It's something you choose to do right this very minute. And each and every one of us instinctively has that built into us. Have you thought about that? It built into us, we have the ability to become humble. It's not like some mountain top that you climb up to to get to the very top. You've struggled and struggled and struggled to become humble and you get to the top of Mount Humble and you find this guru and the guru says, nice try, go back down and try again. It's not like that. It's a doing. So I'm saying it's not this process that we we have to learn to become humble. We just do. Humility is so important because when we're humble when we're humble we are less likely to fall into sin. When we're humble there are less things to become angry over and to sin in our anger. Right? Pride pops up pride rises up when we have this you know innate desire in us, because each, I mean, a lot of us have this innate desire to be prideful, to take pride in something. The world says you can be prideful. But what God says is that when you have a humble heart, it's heart conditioning. Your heart is prepared to handle the awesomeness of God when we have a humble heart. contrite the word contrite means to be broken or submitted fully to so when he says contrite spirit what he's saying is that you have a broken spirit that you you are submissive to god's authority this is important you're teachable and you're approachable trembles at his word, the last aspect of the person that God himself is looking for. <clears throat> trembles at his word. This means that you honor God with your heart. Have you ever met a Christian that basically is like, hallelujah, praise Jesus, and walks out the door and does exactly the opposite of what you know Jesus would want? Ha, <laughs> You know, he does exactly the opposite. Let's just say he goes out and murders somebody. Praise Jesus. You know, God's grace, it's all over me. That's an extreme example. Let's, let's bring it down a notch. Um, how about you, you watch a program you're not supposed to watch? You know in your spirit. That, that conflicts. That conflicts with what I know is something I should not allow in my brain. And you do anyways. See, that's not honoring the Word of God at all. People tend to use that as one of the most acceptable areas of grace ever. You know, it's, hey, grace, grace man. But what is it doing to your relationship with Jesus? Hey, I'm not judging, bro. I, I don't care what you watch. I do because I really understand like the end result <laughs> of what we feed ourselves will end up changing who we are it's one of the reasons why media is one of the greatest tools of the enemy of all time it's changed the culture in just two generations 100 percent change of culture in two generations the things that we knew were once bad are celebrated as good the bible talks about that we're really close to the end times (laughs) or maybe end of america but i won't even go there just saying. Preacher, brother. No, don't preach that. (laughs) Repent. (laughs) Turn and repent. (laughs) I want you to read Psalm 119, because here's the truth. We all struggle with sin, but God's grace is therefore. That's where God's grace comes in when we struggle in sin. I want you to take psalm 119 i want you to read psalm 119 and i want you to talk about it in your life group this has to be something that we all grasp you know what i love about david is he knew where he stood and he he knew where he said i was just reading earlier another uh, another verse that just hit me so hard it's it, uh, he was he was crying out to god why blot out my iniquities blot out my iniquities because this, this particular psalm was written after he messed up by committing adultery with Bathsheba. This is a man who sought after God. He sought after the, 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 uh, the favor of God, yet in his stupidity and his passions and honestly his pride because he was not humble. He was not humble. Pride set in, sin set in, and this is what happened. And here he is, after being confronted by Nathan, and he's like, God, blot out my transgressions. Forgive me. You see, that's grace. We can come back to him. See, David's spirit was positioned in a way to pursue the fellowship of God. And in that, there is favor. It goes beyond the expected. We could expect his grace because his love endures forever. Nothing that you could do can separate you from the love of God. But I sure want the favor of God in my life. And let me say this. The favor of God on my life is not a material thing. A lot of churches preach other words otherwise. Let me just say this. That the favor of God has the power to impact Everything. Everything, because everything is God's. He owns cattle on a thousand hills, which means that basically all of the world's wealth is his. Donald Trump does not have all the world's wealth. He has a ton of it. But remember, that's not his. That's not his. It doesn't matter if he's a Christian or not a Christian. He will be responsible for what he does with it. But when our hearts are humble, contrite, and fears the word of God, is in relationship with the word of God, he will pour out his favor. And that might come in financial or material needs being met. But it could go a long, long way further than that. Which we'll talk about legacy of our family. It could be the blessing to be blessings in our community in our community We all want this. See God desires to rest in you. And where he is, favor will follow. Remember that you have a relationship with him because of Christ and the and the grace that he has poured out on each and every one of us. We are in relationship we must be in fellowship. When we choose to put off sin and adorn ourselves with humility, submit to his authority and respect his word, then his favor follows in all aspects of our life. I've never met God who just, I've never met God, I've, I've never met the Lord in a situation where he just says, well, I'll just pour out blessing over here just a little bit. He overwhelms the whole because you're a whole person. So every part of your life, he needs to come in. What part of your life are you holding back from him is the question. Because he cannot touch that part of your life. Right? A humble heart is wide open. A contrite, broken spirit says there's no more boundaries, God. I don't have anything in the way of you. You know, what's the beautiful thing about a relationship and fellowship with God is that when we go deeper in fellowship with God, he actually unlocks stuff that we never even knew was there. We're talking closets, behind closets, behind closets. And he wipes all that. And see, that's favor. He doesn't want you to live with that residual. He wants that cleaned out. You know... It's like the, have you ever read about the temple that the Israelites built? How incredibly beautiful the temple was? We're talking billions of dollars spent on the temple. Think about that for a minute. We have, we have a hard time with churches that spend millions on their sanctuaries. We're so righteous. <laughs> no. It has absolutely no value. Your dollar has no value. In fact, you have faith to pick up a dollar and rub it in your fingers and say, I'm going to take that dollar and go down and get something that I need with it. See, God's favor doesn't work like that. When we have faith in him, the temple was so ornate, and yet he chose not to reside in that temple. He decided to reside in the temples that are you. And he says, what is that one temple going to look like? And he just gave it to us in Isaiah 66. Let's close our eyes and pray right now. I want everyone to hold out your hands just as so. Hold out your hands and I want you to receive because this is an important moment. This is an important moment in your life. And it's, it's an important moment in my life. Would we all agree in this room that we want his favor? His love endures forever. He will not give us more than what we can handle. The blessing he will overwhelm us the verse that speaks to being pressed down, shaken to overflowing. He wants to find the vessel that is open to him to reside in you. Father God, I pray right now with our hands extended, Jesus, we desire your favor. We desire your relationship. We desire your fellowship. Lord, would you the things out of our lives that prevent us from being humble, would you, would you change our hearts, God? Like you promised, you would make a heart of flesh, replace the heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Father, I pray right now in this room that every heart would become pliable, teachable, and approachable for the Holy Spirit to come and reside. Lord, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, we ask you to come and fill every heart that's here right now. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast.